Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. My name is Sierra Bogus, and you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello, and welcome to Eleven, the official theater podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. Our guest today is a Broadway and West End leading lady with a voice as recognisable as her amazingly unique name. She casually made her Broadway debut as the OG Mermaid Princess in Disney's Broadway stage adaptation of The Little Mermaid, before moving into the world of Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber in his official Phantom sequel, Love Never Dies, of which she originated the role of soprano Christine Daae. Since then, she's tackled leading roles in plays, toured the globe with her solo concert, of which she's just played Cadogan Hall here in London for two shows with us. Oh, and she's also casually performed at Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber's Castle for the Queen, and was Christine Dyer in the 25th anniversary production of Phantom of the Opera at the Royal Albert Hall. Hello, Sarah Bogus. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm very well. I was going to say kind of welcome home because London really is your second home. It really is. I've always talked about it like that and I have the most incredible friends here and literally staying with them and um, it's just like the most magical favourite place that I've ever been in my life. And so I always love coming back here. And that's because you did Love Never Dies here. So that's your Love Never Dies family, I did Love right? Never Dies here, yes. And then I did Les Mis here in the West End too. And um, so yes, it's like my Les Mis family was there last night, some of them. And then my Love Never Dies family. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's the greatest place. So last night was your concert here at Cadogan Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of how was that evening for you? Did you have fun? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's just like... Getting to be here and sing my own show, obviously I've performed in the West End, but doing my own show was just like heaven. But it also just felt like it's a way to give back to this city that I love so much in this weird way, even though people are like buying tickets. (laughs) But it's like, that's all I know to do is just like sing for everybody. And um, it's crazy when people, when I meet people after and they're like, thank you for coming here. And it's like, no, like, thank you for showing up because, of course, it's it's my absolute pleasure to be here. You know, it's just I love it. Um, I referenced in the introduction your amazing name. But um, one thing that I did want to do was discuss. So your sister is called Summer. Summer. Mm-hmm. And you're obviously Sierra. Yep. So obviously I need a bogus S name for this interview. Obviously. So, <laughs> obviously. I think so. <laughs> so I was thinking I could be Shania Bogus. Okay. Do you approve? I mean, that's posh and stuff, but the 
problem is that my little sister's name is Allegra. Oh. So you actually didn't need to go to all that trouble and oh. create an S name for yourself. I feel like I like it now. Okay. Like... Well, live in it for a second. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I'm going to take it back very, very yep. quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did mention the concerts here and you got to sing lots of amazing different songs mm-hmm. from kind of throughout your career. Yeah. Um, those concerts, when people do them, they have to pick certain songs that they want to sing from specific shows or songs that are iconic to them. Mm-hmm. Do you like going back through your catalogue and kind of rediscovering those songs or I guess how do you kind of feel about going through them I mean I I know what people want to hear in terms of my career and stuff so that's fine so when I put these concerts together I actually figure out what I want the um, what I want it to be about that has that isn't just about like and then I moved to this and did this you know those moments are just they're gonna happen Um, but I do love so I'll make like a set list of the things I know people need to hear but then also on the other side it's like what inspiration or what things that I want this to be about and then from that the set list like comes together but for yeah for stuff like obviously Little Mermaid and Love Never Dies and Phantom those are the ones that people really know me for and I guess I enjoy doing it because I know that people are gonna be happy yeah in terms of kind of putting a few kind of unexpected songs in there as well. Do you like to surprise people as well? Do you like to put different things in there? I don't think of it as like, oh, this is going to surprise you. Uh, Except the big bit at the end. (laughs) Um, But yes, I I just like to sing songs that go along with the story that I'm telling. And so if they happen to be like, you know, there were songs that I told everybody last night that's like in the nature medley, we call it, that's like, these are songs from my childhood. Mm -hmm. That's... I just feel happy that I have a platform to sing these songs, I guess, yeah. that mean that really mean something to me. And I think when they mean something to you, I know there's a little section about your grandparents in there mm-hmm. as well, which is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a song. That's kind of spoken word and from, yeah. from letters. That feels like we get to know you even more. It feels yeah. like we really get to connect between the audience and you as a star, which is quite difficult to do between a kind of stage and audience. Yeah, I try to... I mean, there was... Yes, things like that. It's like I... I never want it to be about, like, my therapy. You know what I mean? I have yeah. an amazing therapist, so I do that. But I don't want a concert to be, like, the specifics of woe is me. So when I do the section before the Nature Medley, for example, and I talk about that I had a really low time in Lent, but I don't get into it because I want everybody to be able to have their own experience and it's like, oh, I relate to that. Yep. But if I start telling my specific story, then people aren't gonna they actually don't get to know you as well because because now they're just like oh it's i don't know it's like do you know what i mean yeah totally totally so yeah so with stuff like grandparents that's something i'm willing to go there because i and also by going there people are like that's that's my story too or you know i've seen so many couples that just like hold hands during that bit and stuff it's cute. It's mm-hmm. cute. Um, one thing that I was I was laughing at last night was when you started to sing part of your world from Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there was lots of people going, "Oh, she's, she's kind yeah. of like talking. Oh, she's going to do that number or yeah. that making a noise." Which I started to laugh, mm-hmm. and then I think everyone around me thought I was laughing at you, and yeah. I was like, "I like this song. I promise." <laughs> and kind of got shushed by a few people. Yeah, people get so vocal, which I love to. I love the feedback from the audience, so that I know where to go and like yep. how to do my banter and stuff of like what can people handle or whatever, and hearing them feel like out loud that they're or yeah out loud they're like audibly like ah, you know I enjoy that so then I know <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of I guess reactions to different places that you go because you do this kind of show everywhere mm-hmm. do you find that 
people love Phantom more than Little Mermaid or does it really vary? Well, it di- last even yesterday differed. I felt like they really lost their minds with the Phantom stuff and the evening show they lost their minds about the Little Mermaid stuff. Um, my The original choreographer of Little Mermaid was there last night, Stephen Meir, who's yep. also um, major West End dude, you know, and um, also choreographed Mary Poppins. And so I knew that he was in the audience last night and I just knew that he was going to be crying when we got to that <laughs> bit. Because, you know... That's I. That's when I started yep. um, on Broadway, and and he knew me then. So it's like it's really cool. How does your um? How does your voice respond to singing those songs X amount of years later? Do you find that it goes immediately back into singing "Love Never Dies," or is is Little Mermaid different vocally now? It's di- totally different vocally now because when I was doing Little Mermaid, I was a kid, and I also needed to sound like I was sixteen years old. So I was doing a voice. That's not the voice that I want to concert with. Yep. Um, but I still feel like by singing it the way that I sing it now, people still get something yep. um, and are are still really responsive and happy um, because it's not like a little kid song. It's actually really profound and everything that she's saying applies to now and, you know, as an adult and everything. So I love singing it now as Sierra more than even as Ariel. Being back in London, do you do you stay away from theatre or do you go to the West End and see stuff? Kind no, of? I go yeah. to the West End. Um, I, tonight I'm going to see Mary Poppins because my friend Joe Milson, one of my best friends on the whole planet, and he was my Raoul in Love Never Dies. Yep. Um, and he's like literally one of my favorite actors and I don't know why he doesn't have all the awards. I'm not even kidding. It's like <laughs> ridiculous. Um, I can say Macbeth in here, right? Yeah, yeah we're not so. on the stage. <laughs> he was Macbeth in Macbeth at the Globe recently, and luckily they filmed it. And it's like one of my favorite things. I've never seen that role played like that. Mm. He find it's just he's the most brilliant. I can't say enough good things. But anyways, he's playing in Mary Poppins. He's playing he's Mary Poppins. No. <laughs> he's playing Mr. Banks. So I'm going to see him tonight with Neve, who was also in Love Never Dies with me. Um, have you? Speaking of Mary Poppins, have you actually ever met Julie Andrews? Yeah, so I met her a couple times. The first was um, I did a master class with her. I didn't sing for her, but I was in the master class just observing whatever. When I was like 20 (laughs) years old, I wouldn't have been able to. I was too intimidated by everything when I was in college. I was so scared. I didn't think I was worth anything. It's like, it's so like crazy. But, um, so I met her then, and then later when I was doing Little Mermaid, then they flew me and Ashley Brown, who's the original Mary Poppins on Broadway, they flew us to L.A. for some, like, high-up Disney guy's birthday. Um, we were, like, on the Disney private jet, like, flying just, like, <laughs> overnight to, like, seeing a little something. Does it have the ears on the plane? I <laughs> wish. That'd be, that's, like, they missed out on that. Maybe it wouldn't fly if it has that. I don't know. No, Disney Magic makes it fly, actually. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so then Julie Andrews was there at this, like, birthday thing that wow. we all sang at, and she, like, she spoke and told a story, and then Dick Van Dyke was there, and Ashley and I sang um, Step in Time with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> like, what? I don't even know. What is his life? Because that film is, it's so funny speaking to people that aren't from the UK, because that film kind of really is everybody else's first introduction mm-hmm. to the British accent. Mm-hmm. Is that where you learnt your British accent from? I think so. Yeah. yeah, because I watch that movie daily. I love that movie so much. Um, so yeah, I learned to speak from Julie Andrews, I guess. And when I met Liz Robertson, um, she speaks. She's so posh, and I had to say to her, "I'm not kidding." I said this to her that I, I said, 
our friendship cannot continue until I tell you that you sound exactly like Julie Andrews. And she was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Because people have said that to her so much. And it's like such an American thing to say. But it's weird, though, because she really does speak like that. It's like really posh. But no one speaks like that. Yeah. You know, when you actually come over here and live, you're like, oh, if I went into a shop and was talking like the way that I learned to speak, to talk British, then people will be like, uh, you're not from here. And please don't do that fake accent. <laughs> but your British accent is is very good, I will say. Like Thank you did you. it last night. It's, yeah. Because people must mistake you for being British, right? All the time. Yeah. Like I'm not even kidding. They're like, oh, sorry, I thought you that you were gonna have like the British accent. And I was like, nope. <laughs> nope. It's just all the people I play seem to have British accents. Which is cool. Which yeah. is cool. Because I think um British people when they're learning an American accent, they go for like deep south or like yeah. proper hardcore New York. Cause... I think they go for like the Matthew McConaughey. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just like the southern, like, yeah, but that's that's what you think of, you know, with like America. If I was like, yeah, do do for me the like most like whatever American, you'd probably be like, howdy, ma'am. You know, it's like that's what you go to. And we would be like, hello, darling, you know, and it's like, (laughs) I mean, actually, people do say hello, darling, all the time. Would you like, yes. Hey, darling, 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 darling. (laughs) My favorite thing here is how people hang up the phone. It's like, bye, 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 bye. Oh my gosh, I do that. I do that. People (laughs) people always say, can you not just say bye? I go, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, everybody does that. And hands down, all of my friends, everyone in London, ever, and I hear it's like on the street walking, it's like, all right, bye, darling, bye, 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 darling, bye, 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 bye. The, the other person's hung up long ago, you know. <laughs> what do you think we did before we had hello and, and goodbye? I always think that if someone answers the phone, you just, you just wait. Like, there's always something I always yeah, think about, which is like, wait? oh, oh, hello. Like, you yeah. have to think of something to say. Or hey, just bitch. Like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> sis. What up? Yes, queen. Yo, well, we'll get to that in a second. I'm sorry. Because um, some of the three things that um, I wrote down about wanting to talk to you was three things that I actually learned about you from your solo mm-hmm. concert. So let's go through those. So number one is that Sierra Bogus can sang. And I mean, sang with loads of A's. Yes. I was like, it's good. <laughs> um, number two was Yas Queen. So who knew we were a fan queen. of RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, um, I love RuPaul's Drag Race so much. And on the way over here on the plane, I was watching AJ and the Queen. Yes. Um, and I'm uh, like, I love it and I'm not done with it. And I have like two more episodes. I'll watch them tonight. <laughs> um, and the kid on that is so good too. Mm. I can't even, um, but I love RuPaul and the, the my introduction to RuPaul, cause I was late into the whole drag race, like watching the show. Um, uh, and my introduction to RuPaul was listening to Super Soul Sunday with Oprah yes. on her podcast. And she interviewed Ru and it was like the most inspirational, amazing, and like, the, I because you know the, and her whole song that she has that's like um, we're all born naked and the rest is drag, yep. and that's like that's her. I mean, I'm saying her because I'm thinking of her in her like gowns, but also Rue is he, um, like just that whole idea that's like and that's absolutely right. So you can be whoever you want. It's like it's really really inspirational. It goes along I think too with that it's like you're enough yeah, totally. and so and the rest is drag and I, I mean I'm always like you're enough and the rest of it is icing but it's better that's like it is drag yeah. like all of it um, I was in drag last night 
Oh, um, but yeah. So then I, for the past like year, I've been like watching, like binge watching, like all the seasons and starting at the very beginning yeah. and like the ones where it's like really bad lighting and all like the filter. Oh yes. my god, I yes. can't even like just not that great. But like the quality is still excellent because the con- I mean the content is excellent, and um and then of course like now it's like such a thing. But it's amazing. Have you watched the UK version yet? No. Yeah. So the UK version is like another step up. Like it's literally. And just- is RuPaul doing it? Yeah, it's the official <gasps> first ever non-like American one. They did a Thailand one, but Ru's on the British one, yeah. How many seasons are there? Just season one. So we've just crowned a winner. So oh, don't tell me, because now I'm going to download it. Yeah, I won't tell you who wins. But I'm going to download it on Netflix so I can watch it. It's on it. iPlayer. Oh, it's on iPlayer. Or, yeah, I think, yeah, if you're here, you'll be able to get iPlayer. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. going to figure and it out. And a couple of the Queen's names are like Vinegar Strokes <gasps> and Bag of Chips. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's camp. Ah. It's camp. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that cool. is everything. Yeah, I love so it so much. No. Do you ever think about what your drag name might be? No. No. You're like, I need to. Yeah. I was gonna be like Ladbrokes. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden when you said bag of chips, I was like thinking of like a uh, Ladbrokes always seems to be like next to like the, the place where you get the, the chips. The chips, yeah. Which you normally spot on the <laughs> night out when you're yeah, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we all know what happens. No. Yeah. Um no, I have no idea. Yeah. What's yours? Well, mine's a little bit rude, so I'm not sure if I can say it. Okay. But, um, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. But, right, let's think of yours. So yours could... You know how we have that whole thing of reclaiming words now? Yes. Um, so yours could be like Sissy Boggis. Like Done. I feel like, which is like reclaiming it. It's empowering. Yeah. Sierra Boggis would be a femme queen. Sure. Done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'll ho- that'll be my placeholder until I'm like, actually, it was this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of just opening a Broadway play, but it's just like Femme Queen, Sierra Boggess. Totally. Like... That's a, the, instead of my actual name and bio, <laughs> I'll be it. And last night, I, I'm pretty confident in saying this, that I think you were the first person to ever say Yas Queen on the <laughs> Duggan Hall stage. I genuinely do. I know. I was like, am I going to get struck down by lightning for saying Yas Queen? I think that pudding's run by gays anyway. The That's right. Like, yeah, Hello. I think so, yeah. actually. I think so. It was yeah. fine. <laughs> I felt at home. So yes, it must be. At home with the gays. Um, <laughs> and the third and final thing that I I learned about you, which I loved last night, was you, you did this amazing Britney Spears impression, mm-hmm. which I am obsessed with. You're like, don't make me do, don't make me do. But um, talk me firstly, talk me through where that came from. Well, I mean, she's like who I grew up listening to because we're, it's weird that we're like the same age. I think she's a little older, but we're like the, the around the same age. So that's who I was listening to when I was like a teenager, and yep. I was like, oh, whoa, that's that's funny, and like her voice is unique, and you know. Um, and it's not how I sang at all. And I just thought it was really funny. So I used to always do like impressions of Britney Spears and like all her songs. And then it wasn't until later, like when I was in college and I thought it would be funny if like, what if I was doing this, like Britney sings Broadway, like, and what is like the most inappropriate song for her range, you know, and that's something Christine, no question. And so I st- I thought it'd be funny to do like, think of me as Britney Spears and stuff. And then um, as I like continued on, during when I was doing Les Mis on the road when I was just starting out so I was in I was like 22 or 23 and you know that show is so long I'm in the ensemble and during Eponine's um (laughs) during Eponine singing on my own I'm like behind the curtain and I was I used to be like on my own too and like all the 
um, like all the cast that's not on stage then, they're all like gathered around like, hey, it's time for Sierra to like sing Britney. That's what I was doing. Like, and I was getting paid, yeah. you know, and I was being so professional backstage. <laughs> but that's what I, that, so it just, I was like, oh, this, this is funny. People like it. And so for some reason, I just needed to keep that in my concert. That's the thing, kids. Listen up. It's like the stuff that you're like, Especially like us theater kids that it's just like we do these like things, you know, for each other and we think it's like so funny. And it might be the thing that you're getting paid for to sing at Cadogan Hall with. <laughs> I feel like I need to apologize. I think all this podcast is going to be just me like chuckling over the top of you. I was like, no, stop it. That's fine. Forget there's a microphone. Because was Britney in Vegas when you were doing Phantom there? No, no, because Phantom was there in 2006 and Britney didn't come to Vegas till like much, much later. We have a super fan. You're like, she arrived on this no, day. She, she this left day, on this day. She sang this very Stop song. Stop asking stupid questions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, move on. Next question. Because <laughs> I suddenly have this like kind of thought of Britney as Christine in the long white dress. <laughs> like, trying to, uh, no. She, she must have seen it at some point. She must have. I feel like I need, right, in the break, I'll quickly Google to see if there yeah, is a photograph of, of Britney in. Well, oh, um, in like Christine drive? Oh, no, having seen, having seen the show, like she must have seen it maybe. No, because yeah. the show was closed before she came there. Oh. Or, no, she, actually, the show ran for, like, six years. So she might have come, like, the last year that it was there. That mm. actually, I think, might be right. Yeah. But I don't know, because people, I think, would have told me, because I would have still had friends in the cast, they would have absolutely told me if Brittany was there. Yeah. But maybe she was. I can't remember. It was so yeah. long ago. We can, if we, we'll figure it if out. If we think enough, I think we'll make it happen. If only yeah, we, we had the pretend. power of Google. Yeah. Please don't put your phone on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to, we kind of reference it there, but very quickly talk about being in Phantom. Kind of that whole journey and being part of the anniversary production, which we spoke about at the start. Obviously, you did Love Never Dies as well. Are your memories of that just, they just grow all the time, I imagine? Because you did it five mm -hmm. times, right? Yeah, I did it five different times. It was supposed to be six, but... <laughs> Come see the live show, you'll figure Come out why. Come see the live show. <laughs> um, but yes, and it's the role that's just like, I'm just never done with her, I guess. It's weird. But even last night, it's like, oh, it's it feels so good singing those songs. And I don't know, it's just always been that for me. Um, so yes, all my memories grow like, like crazy. And I have lifelong friends from that, too, yeah. and all these iterations and stuff. Phantom never dies, quite literally. Phantom it's almost never like a, dies. A mashup. May it never die. <laughs> yeah. Better not. No. My, my mom, every time my mum comes to London, it's the only thing we see. It's like, <sighs> it, I, I actually do think, if Phantom and Lame Miss closed, do you think theatre would end? No. 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 I want to be like, yes. yes. But <laughs> no, because there's so much. I mean, look what happened with Hamilton. Mm. It's like, and it's it was really cool watching like Andrew Cameron and Chloe Michelle. I remember him talking with Lynn too about this. That's just like, they're watching Lynn have his moment of like his Les Mis moment, his Phantom moment. Those were the shows that also changed the course of mm. of Broadway and the West End, yeah. you know. But didn't Cameron just close Les Mis? <laughs> it's reopened now, isn't it? It's with, reopened with, like, with, a, with a new tour, the tour version or the American yeah. version, something. Yeah, it's, but it's not the original anymore. There's no revolve, no. Which is sad. Different. I'm so glad that I was here and I did Fontaine in the West End when it was the original, original, original. Yeah, because it's like. I just, I'm a sucker for like the history of this stuff. And like, these were the classic shows that made me want to do what I do. So, mm. like, may Phantom never change. Like, I want to only see the classic version, like you're saying, the one at, at Her Majesty's, yes, right? Yes. And then the one, um, what's the theater in, um, on Broadway? That the Majestic is The it? Majestic, yeah, the Majestic. So, I want those to like, I want them to be like, 
museum pieces without it being like, oh, it's a museum piece. Yeah. You know, it's like this dusty. It's not. No. It's not. No. Yeah. 100%. Um, every time that I see or talk to you, I always talk about Norm Lewis. So I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure that I do it now and not forget him. But you did play your Christine opposite Norm in Phantom on Broadway. Yes. Which was also a history making moment for him as well. Yes. So what was that experience like? Well, it was cool because he also played my father in Little Mermaid on Broadway. So we did that like years and years prior. So we already knew and loved each other. And yep. then getting to do this together was. It was amazing. And how that came to be, too, was, you know, that he booked that and was going to make history as the first black phantom on Broadway. And then Andrew called me because he wanted it to be special, mm. you know, and he's and Andrew literally called me at like 8 a.m. because he didn't think of the time difference from London to New York and asked me if I would play Christine, roll, you know, wheel yourself back out to play some Christine with with Norm. Um, is that the last time I did the show? Yeah, I think yeah, that's the yeah. last time I did the show. And it was the best because that's like, I still call him daddy. So it was like, that's my dad and we're there and we're getting to like be together and like we trust each other and like it's just, that's it. That's what's up. Sorry, I'm, I'm making a joke in my head. I'm not going to say it out loud. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all the people in the room are yes, like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do you it. do it. Moving on. I respect him very much. Yes. He's very handsome. Um, <laughs> it's also where you got to work with Gillian Lynn and Hal Prince as mm. well, two of the amazing greats that are sadly no longer with us. Mm -hmm. um, you told an amazing story. And, and I, I wrote some notes, as I said last night, and this is all I wrote for this. So I hope you know what I mean. But I just wrote, Gillian nipples go. Yes. So go. Nipples firing. So Gillian Lynn, who, for those of you that don't know, she's the original phantom choreographer and choreographer of Cats as well. And so, and her choreography was like, she's so sensual and so sexual. And it's like, that's what make Cats work um, in the original. <laughs> We'll just do that. Yep. Um, is that right? That's mm -hmm. a pro that's my Disney training. You see, you don't you don't you don't sabotage something else, but you make that point. Still got um it. but yeah, that's what Jilly like that's what made that work for me when I watch is like, oh, this makes sense. Like all these random like cats on a stage suddenly make sense. And the same as like the choreography of Phantom and everything. And she was so she was such an integral part of the staging of Phantom. So it's not just the dancers and stuff, but also she worked working with the Christines and with the Phantoms. And what she would tell us as Christines, what she would say is, you need to keep your nipples firing. And so that was like, oh God, like this is literally iconic now. And so always I talk about that in concert and fire my nipples at people. And it was great. Thank oh, you. Yeah, well done. Yeah, I've, I've, right? I thought that should actually get in a round of applause. I was quite disappointed Absolutely. it didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just like, but only like a Jillian Lynn could say yeah, that, exactly. you know? And again, Americans can't be like, fire your nipples, you know? That's what that would be. It was like, nipples firing. Suddenly it's like, yes, that's appropriate. It's that British accent. It, is. it is. You put that accent <laughs> and everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Sarah Bogus, welcome back. Thank you. We're being very naughty in that break, but it's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this amazing story and rumor that you, that you know the Queen. Is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're like super good friends. Yeah. Yeah. I just pop over and just be like, "Hey, what up, Queen?" Is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I refer to her. How much truth is in that? Um, none truth. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. That would fine. be none truth. Cool. So you're lying to me now. Yeah. Cool. Lying to you. <laughs> lying to myself. And now I need another 60 second break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, what more life? Think how many more lives we can think of. Um, but all, all jokes aside, you did meet and perform for the Queen at Lord Andrew Loewe's castle because, of course, he doesn't live in a house. Yeah, let's be honest. I mean, it's he thinks it's a house, I, I'm sure. But for me, I was like, what the heck? I mean, I was there like all day too. So, and I didn't even see all the rooms. It's just like, I can't even deal with it. But yeah, so basically, the Queen came over. Um, and I'm not even kidding. Like, what? The queen came over to Andrew's house and because it was her birthday and he had written that song, Sing. Yes. Um, and so he was playing it for her for the first time. And so he had asked me if I would come over and, and sing, like, because um, she really likes old musicals. So if I would sing some stuff, um, just as, like, the warm-up act. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was there and I met her and she's like, I mean, literally has the most beautiful skin I've ever seen. That's yep. my takeaway. I was like, holy skin, like the most beautiful thing. Um, yeah, that's my experience of the queen. There's no photograph of me meeting her. Like, what, there's at none. all? No, because it was like, it was so casual, like as casual as it can be, you know, where it's not like, because isn't that a thing where it's like, if you meet the queen, you get like an actual photo. Yeah. And that was, it was so like quote casual that that's not what's happened because <laughs> apparently like the queen and prince philip have actually snuck into the back of theaters and actually watched shows like that's genuinely a thing oh really yeah so oh maybe maybe a love never dies the queen was there with her ice cream in her program and she yeah. was watching you giving it large i mean yeah, let's hope <laughs> yeah, yeah. and maybe that's what i think that might be another lie well. yeah maybe yes <laughs> that was also a lie yep. yeah like, how many lies we get one thing yeah we might be being a bit silly now no. <laughs> Um, so we've spoken about your amazing career. Let's talk about people that you love. But before we do that, I have a present for you. Oh, so you ready? This is going to make an amazing podcast. Oh my God, you opening it? I can't even. So this came from. So yesterday, basically, Sierra did her show, and obviously, Sierra lives in America. So at the end of the show, you had a very long day. You met all those lovely people at the meet and greet, and then you left. And there was someone that literally came back right at the end of the night and was like, "I want to give you a present." So this is the present, but I think it would be amazing for you to open it now because it's actually themed on the person we're going to talk about. So. You open that and I'm going to find the card that says who the person is. Okay, I'm opening this. And I, the reason why I'm saying that is because the person who gave us the gift was very specific that you must get this gift, okay? Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, st shoot. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Okay, this is a podcast, so people, what I'm looking at are coasters with Barbara Streisand's face on them. Who you love. But, like, did this person make them, or... I don't know. I think <gasps> so. They look like they could be the, homemade. I don't... Yeah. But they also don't look like that. Like, they look, oh, like, vintage. These are the most... Because look at the quality. <gasps> Thank you. Who's the person that I'm calling out right now? So, I hope I get your name right. So, I think it's I think it's Manon, M-A-N-O-N. If it's not, I'm so sorry. But, Sierra, you oh, just wait, double Oh, wait. Is it Manon? Yeah. It's all the way at the bottom. Oh, I no, so, so it's not my no. friend. Because I have a friend named Manon. <laughs> um, I know I love these guys. Um, oh, their writing is really nice, too. Oh, yeah. I went to music school in Paris. So, yeah, Manon, you're French. Um, I was dreaming of the Anyway, this is my life. Moved to London. 
Yeah, it doesn't say, though. It doesn't say anything about if they're, like, what the, the deal is. Well, I'm, but I'm going to keep this, uh, I'm going to shout you out on Instagram, because you left your Instagram handle. Perfect. Smart! So we can do that, but they are wow. four pretty... <gasps> We'll tweet a picture and we'll put it out. Oh, when, my gay dreams yeah. are coming true. Uh, <laughs> it's not just because you're me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, right? I love. So now we have the perfect excuse to talk about Babs, who is like number one idol, right? Yeah, she's number one for me. Always has been. She was the first movie musical I ever saw. And like musical I ever saw was Hello, Dolly on VHS. And um, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. It's like. I just became completely obsessed with her. And it's her old stuff, too. My mom used to play her records and everything. But she's just, she's iconic and she's one of a kind. Like, it's, you know, a lot of people nowadays, you can't tell what who's singing. Yep. If you were just listening, it's like, oh, it could be anyone. She has the kind of voice that's like, there is no doubt who that is, yep. you know. Yeah. Um, which makes it really easy to do an impression. Yeah, which you, you, you do a very, very, very good. Obviously, it's lampooning her, but it's in the most kind of loved way. Like this it's is an like absolute full. That's like yeah, because and I only just started doing it because I don't want. I never thought of it until there was this song that I was like, oh, I really want to do that, <laughs> and I was gonna just do it straight, and I was just gonna sing it my way, and then I was like. It just evolved on stage. So Brian, my music director in summer, my cellist, that we're all that we were on stage in New York doing it for the first time. And I just started like egging it up and I got laughs and it makes me keep going and going. As if you start laughing, then I'm just gonna keep going. And so that's just this was only like the second time I've done it. So how do I get you to do one spoken line as Mr. Iceland? I mean, you don't because I can't even do it right now. You can read it in your eyes. Like, I mean, nah. it's like you just don't. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do it? You don't. You don't. Oh, shit. That was a very polite no. Thank you. Um, but have you ever, have you ever met her? Yes. Um, what was that experience like? Um, amazing. Yeah. It's like yeah. Um, her director. Um, is a man named Richard J. Alexander. And when I was over here doing uh, uh, Les Mis in the West End, I got an email from him because he followed me. He started following like all my stuff because he saw my Phantom 25th anniversary DVD. Mm -hmm. And he became obsessed. And so he started following me. And he and I post about Barbara like every day, maybe yeah. every minute. Um, and so he was like, oh, uh, would you like to come to her concert on my tickets? You know, I'll, you can come. And I was like, yeah, let me put in a request with management <laughs> to to um, have a week off from Les Mis and fly to New York. And so I did. And he was like, yeah, and you'll come backstage after. And I was like, nah, nah that's not going to happen. Because I know these things. I was like, no way. It's not going to happen. But in, it's enough for me to just see the performance, see her. Yep. Um, and I had seen her live once before when I was in Vegas, actually. But um, so I went and I saw her and then um, his assistant came and got me after the show and is like, all right, come back now. And I was like, this is happening. This is actually absolutely happening. And I did. And I met her and I had prepped for if I met her, what I would say, because, you know, we get a lot of people that come to us at stage door or wherever that are just like, and they freak out. And it doesn't mean as much to me because 
it's one-sided because I don't know you, yep. you know, but you've been watching me. And so you feel like you know me. And that's how I would be if I was like, I'm not Barbara Streisand, you know. But she's she would be like, this doesn't mean anything to me because yep. I don't know you, lady. Can you take two steps back? Um, and so I realized um, when I well, the things that actually really do mean something to me when fans come up is when they just say thank you. And for some reason that's like, oh, that I can, that's like, that's really something. And I realized it's like, that's all I want to say to her. That's actually what she needs to hear. And, or she doesn't need to hear anything from me, but that's what I need to say. And so I, I told her that. I said, thank you for being the soundtrack to my childhood. I saw her at, um, it was Hyde Park last year. Yes. Yeah, it was Hyde Park in that amazing concert. And she, she almost had this like glow around her. You know, people oh, yeah. joke about things like that, but it's like, no, really, she no. really did. She is yes. like a, almost like a mythical creature. I feel like that is like I met Obama. I'm yeah. not even kidding this. Like there's certain people and Michelle that's like, you, there are certain people that are so transcendent. And Barbara is one of those that's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know words like to to speak to you about. And like, I just don't like... You aren't from this planet, yeah. you know. It's just, she's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, she's amazing. I love that. Uh, I don't know words. Just say that. To I don't Hi, know Barbara. Words. I don't know words. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> I don't know words. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was lucky. So my kind of idol all around my my flat has um. Just Tina Turner stuff. So oh. Tina Turner, Donna Summer for me. Like I always, I always joke I'd sell my. So mom you to got those them. two musicals yeah. back to back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, uh, there's this whole this talk about is Summer going to come here? And I'm like, it needs to come oh. to the UK. But I, I actually met Tina Turner very, very briefly, as in kind of hello, that was it. When she came for the launch of Tina the Musical <gasps> in London a few years oh, ago. Oh wow. And that's like that. I think that's the day that I w- died and was yep. brought back to life. That's right. So I understand what you mean yes. about icon status, but oh, it is yeah. almost like I almost didn't want that moment to happen. I know because I think well, if I mean she never would be, but if she was an idiot and she wasn't particularly kind, that would be my everlasting memory of her. And then I feel like I'd need to kind of feel bad about looking at the pictures and yeah. loving her because she's not that fun. But well, and the other thing is when you have anticipated the meeting so so much, even if it goes well, it's like. Well, that's done. You can never go back to the kid that's like, I wonder what it would be like to meet her. I wonder what it would be like to be in the... You know, there's something that's also amazing about never meeting your idol because once it happens, even if it's a good experience, it's like... I talked about this in the first... In my first um, live album, um, and I did a whole bit about meeting Barbara Streisand, and I sang the song... um, uh, It's a quiet thing after her. When it all comes true, just the way you plan is funny, but the bells don't ring. It's a quiet thing. And that was the song that was in my head after I met her. Because mm. I was like, there are no exploding fire. This is just like, it's a quiet thing. It's a personal, like, you could just weep. Yeah. And nobody else in the world knows what that experience was for you. And then it's done. And you can never go back. It's like ignorance is bliss stuff yeah. too, isn't it? It's like you can never go back to yeah. not knowing that moment. You know? Yeah. Do you think about that moment a lot? Because I do with I do with the Tina thing. Genuinely, I think how lucky I am to do that. Because so many people yeah. unfortunately can't. Oh, you know, get that yes. Because also my moment got bigger. That was the first time I met her. But then I was doing School of Rock on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater, which is where she played in Funny Girl, and I was in her dressing room. Yeah, uh, she went into your dressing room. She came room into when you my dressing there, room. Yeah. 
and she left me a note. Yeah. And so it's like... I've seen that video. So yes, I've thought about it, but then the moment got bigger. And then I went to her concert like two nights later and Richard brought me backstage again. And this time I got to introduce my mother to her. Okay, you're just showing off now. And you and that, Barbara are well, close. But that was... Yeah, we're tight. <laughs> she literally still doesn't know who I am. But... <laughs> this girl keeps following me around. <laughs> yeah, this Barbara Streisand, she keeps doing yeah. these big concerts. But my the best... The moment that I keep going back to now is watching my mother meet Barbara and it makes me cry because that's who introduced me to Barbara so for me to be able to give my mother that gift of meeting her and my mother is never speechless and she was speechless and just watching these two because what did I say I I grew up like who's around my age Britney Spears who's around my mother's age Barbara Streisand so that's her people that's who she was listening to growing so it's like watching her meet her you know Watching her meet Barbara Streisand. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. That's cool. It is cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. You said it yesterday, but it's like one of those moments, you know, how you reference like looking out on yourself Mm -hmm. and looking in. Oh, yeah. Definitely one of those. I legit removed myself from myself and like floated above and was watching the whole thing. So I have this very clear picture of it, too. Do you have a picture of your mom and Barbara together? No, because and this is it's good and bad. Bad, obviously, for that you couldn't, you weren't allowed to bring your phone into the room where you meet Barbara. Okay. You were not allowed a phone. And so no pictures whatsoever. Um, that's, that's bad. The bad part is that you don't have that. But the good part is it makes you so fully present mm. because you have to remember this because there is no evidence of it. You will have to be present. And yeah. so I was just like, I was lasered in with my mom, with Barbara. My sister got to come too. My sister got to meet her. Shania. Shania. Yeah. Yes, Shania Boggess. <laughs> um, speaking of being present, I know following you on social media and kind of the brief time that I've spent with you, you are very politically charged. You are very switched on in terms of the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's amazing to see someone of kind of your status and your platform using your voice, you know, for good to try and raise issues with things that are very important to you. One of those is the environment and mm-hmm. it's the world that we live in. And it feels like now we really have got to that point. We've got to start having proper conversations. And yes. I know that you're very passionate about that. Yeah. I mean, because I'm from Colorado and my mother is a hippie and you know we took (laughs) bucket showers when we were growing up not from a bucket but I mean we're showering but the excess water goes into a bucket so that it's not all just down the drain and then you water the plants with that like that's what I grew up doing and my mom had a compost and like all these things and like it's like I can't even tell you, like, when I see people throw away, like, a soda can, it's, like, in the trash. Like, that does never go in the trash. It's, like, the weird... So it's, like, those basic things that I always grew up with. But it's just so, like... And now that it's sort of, it's on trend to try and live a no-waste lifestyle, and I'm still not there because it's hard. It's really hard, especially in New York. But there's, there's, it's just, like, it's just being mindful. Yeah. And um, I don't have time for anybody who like runs the water for a long time before they shower or the or like even brushing your it's like just just put a picture of like somebody with zero water and then you know just if that will help you if that's what you need to do but I understand also that people didn't necessarily grow up with that um but it's this entitlement that we have that's like yeah this earth is here and like yeah i can have whatever i want so i'm glad that we're realizing that no and we're in this together and we got one planet and that's what's up and it's just respect for each other for the animals i mean the animals is major thing for me but there's really easy things to like um 
like reusable plastic bags. That's number one. Or water bottles. Um, um, the people who know that's like did my concert last night. That's like I'm specific in my writer. That's like no plastic bottles. Like needs to, and they were awesome and gave me like giant the giant like glass vase which can easily be like recite and giant that you can like refill and pour and stuff. And I I got my musicians that I travel with. They have their own like swell bottles. It's like so we will get filtered water and we'll pour you know. And on the planes, you know, they make it so hard for you now. That's like you need to buy this bottled water. It's like no. You do not. You bring your water bottle and you fill it up when you get through security. You know, there's ways to do this. And at the gym, you know, these plastic bags that it's like every day that's like, oh, I'm taking my gym clothes off and here's a pl- another plastic bag I put. No, just get Amazon, like any of these places. It's like, yeah, just order like the one like thing that you just reuse. I could go on. But I just love that the conversation is happening. And I love finding more and more ways that you can just be a part of this and it's important absolutely do you do you find that your audience when you talk about it or um when you're kind of raising these issues even in a work capacity so when you're working on a show or a concert Mm -hmm. are people quite receptive to it or do they sometimes feel like it's slightly interfering how kind of is the reaction i try to i'm actually being more vocal about it right now than when i'm on stage i just i try and talk about things um i heard this i think it was actually like a Mother Teresa thing that was about the Vietnam War that people said, will you march against the Vietnam War? And she said, no, but let me know when there's a march for peace. Mm. So instead of being like, I'm against, I'm against, I'm for, I'm for reusable, I'm for the planet, I'm for. So I try and talk from that place when I'm on stage too, that's like talking about how much I love um, the environment basically. Um, And I try not to come out, even with the politics and stuff, that's like, I'm going to condemn the, these people there's enough of that i'm gonna support these people you know um so i think i do it in a way that people don't feel attacked yeah definitely and i think that's important i think the the worst thing that we we kind of get into at the moment is when people feel like they can't even raise an opinion or a voice without fear of of kind of the contradiction which is being kind of shouted down that's right and i'm a student of brene brown stuff if anybody knows about Brene Brown, and she's like a vulnerability researcher in Texas, um, and she ha- she talks about shame a lot because shame and vulnerability are like a thing, you know, and um, people that feel attacked go can go into a shame spiral, and you know I can I know what shame feels like, and there's a difference between shame and guilt, and if you're and and shame is I am wrong and guilt is I did something wrong and shame is harder to fix so if I'm shaming you then you're just going to go even deeper and deeper and there's things um there's things and I don't want to be specific but there's things that I've watched politically and with artists that come out and are shaming publicly not I'm not talking about online I'm talking about like an, on a show or something that's publicly shaming somebody who is anti everything that I believe in and is is but I think shaming them publicly is how they became who they became I don't think we're born hating and having bigotry and all the racism and all the sex and all the stuff that these people that are in power in my country are about and I think they've been shamed and that I think more shaming isn't the way to do it. Yeah, definitely. I think the best example of that and the one that really struck a chord with me was when, was the kind of, I think it's like the inauguration party, whatever it is, when um, Jennifer Holiday kind of got into all that drama about is she, should she perform? I think she booked a gig and realised it was for him and then kind of apologised. But she took 
she took this step back and she assessed the situation and she said, actually, it's not about hating Pre- soon to be then President yes. Trump. It's actually about acknowledging the people that have gotten me That's to where right. I am, which she specifically referenced queer people. But she said, actually, yes. I don't want to go against him, but I also have got to realise who put me here today. That for me was the best That's example right. of someone checking themselves Amen. without hating someone else. That feels that feels like yes. the way we do it, right? Yes. And we have a choice. That's the thing is when somebody who is a literal sociopath narcissist is in power, it's hard because they will never acknowledge that they're doing anything wrong or hurtful or anything and it's up to us to be the biggest grown-ups in the room and what she did is that that's assessing that's like oh no I'm good here because it's more important to my integrity is the word that I come to all the time and is this within my integrity and that's why I talk about Jillian Hal so much because for me they were the last of that generation of integrity that was in our industry and there's a hole that we've got to fill and there's not a lot of integrity going on there's a lot of underbelly stuff in our country in our business like in every business there's all this stuff so my biggest if I could say to everybody something that I want us to do is ask yourself is this within integrity is Mm -hmm. this within my integrity you know Definitely. And one thing that you have done is is use something bad for good and you created Light Lessons, which yeah. is available in New York and is now obviously available here with Club 11, which was so popular. Like so many people had yes. the little bag and everything inside. So kind of very briefly, what actually is it for people that maybe are coming to it for the first time? Yeah. So and I should clarify because last night I said they're only available in New York, but I meant actually they're only available in the States. Cause so everybody in the U.S. can order them online. But other con- it's so hard to send things to other countries. There's all this like all this red tape that I want to try and figure out how to do this where it makes financial sense and everything for everyone. But um, basically, I I like to because there's so much going on in the world and our minds jumble so much. So I like to focus on one thing um, and get myself there. And I'm a very visual person, so I created this. It's a bag that has 20 words or phrases in it things like gratitude practice or with wisdom or you are enough or what's a word one or be brave that's one of my favorite ones be curious um and trust trust and release things like that that's like these are just that's a simple thing that's like oh that gets me where I need to go you know um and people love it because especially performers because that's a really good way to center yourself before you go on stage but I also talk to people about you can Think of somebody who needs these reminders. If it doesn't resonate with you, it's like the easiest Christmas present, too, because it's like everybody needs this. It's just like and I called them light lessons because this is so Sierra of myself. This is so me. Um, I was literally I was in New York and I grew up in a very like dry climate. So there wasn't fireflies and fireflies like um, or lightning bugs. Yeah. And um, they they like um, humid climates. And in New York in the summertime, it is. So I was like sitting and these lightning bugs are like, and I'm like, these bugs are so awesome. Like, they're the coolest things that were invented because during the day, they're like these plain, like black things that are just like, you would be like, ah, what's that? And at night, their butts light up. Like, I was like, what? (laughs) This is like the most. And then we're like, whoa, like, these light up butts, like most amazing things. And I was like, there's a metaphor in this. And it's like when there's darkness all around, you have the light within you. Yep. And so I was like, the, these cards are going to be called light lessons. And so if you get them, you'll notice painted on the and they're all hand painted, not by me. But um, there's little lightning bugs that are flying 
It's so cool. Yeah. It's such a good idea. And it was so nice to see people having their kind of almost like their own moment with them. So when they're going through them, they're not really too focused about what's happening around. It's actually just them and probably their inner self. Yes. Reading it. And and I guess it's applicable to all different parts of their life. And yes. Do you use them all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pull one this morning because um, it's still packed in my luggage from last night when I came home. But I should have before this interview. But yesterday before my two show is a long day for me yesterday. It's like we had we we all arrived we had a five-hour rehearsal the day before then we have a sound check then we have two shows and all your friends are there and everything so you're using your all this stuff and I know that's like it was like game day when I woke up yesterday and the word that I pulled from my bag was responsibility and that's like that's all that needed to be said even if if I had gotten like a flowery one you know it's like vulnerability that would have been even harder but like just no Sierra this is your responsibility Mm. so everything else is secondary today you are responsible for the people that you're singing for today who paid the tickets that's what you're responsible for and that just got me that's like that's what's up yeah amazing and if people want to find out more information they can go to I imagine sierrabogus.com thank you very much um, in kind of homage to like lessons, one thing that I wanted to talk about um, and go through was to play a game with you. Okay. So um, I've kind of called it Sierra Says. So what we're going to do, <laughs> um, there is eight, one to eight. Um, I need you to pick me a number and I'm going to tell you a topic. And then it's literally going to be 30 seconds of what's in Sierra's head about that topic. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Okay, so one to eight, we'll go. Eight, please. Uh, the power and self-love, we all got to have it. Oh, the power and self-love that we all got, and we all got to have yeah. it? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like we have talked about this like this whole time that there just is no other way to be if I'm not I'm in my power when I'm having self-love. And that's that whole thing that we've talked about. That's like the rest is drag. That's like starting with you are enough, which is your self-love. And from that place, everything else is drag. Everything else is icing. Everything else is just extra, you know. So coming from that place of loving myself and then you can love others you know it's that whole thing it's and also all the stuff that we talk about it's everything you already know but you're just being reminded you know yeah definitely sierra says pick another number (gasps) uh three please three is um i got an ingenue problem Oh my God, I ha- I do have an ingenue problem. That's legit. So basically, and I want to teach a masterclass about ingenues because when I have these like girls who come in and do these ingenues, like they talk to me like a normal person and then suddenly they put on this like, like it's like the weirdest. I, can't, I don't know how to like, that was the best noise I can make for like a podcast. But I bet you can visualize what I'm talking about. But it's like their hands are weird and they, they suddenly like hold their stomachs and like and like do like what they think is like pretty girl things. It's like I got to get to the root of what ingenues. That's just the word. It's not like nobody said in the script. It's like she's the pretty one with no personality and she's super vapid. And, you know, it's like. That's not a thing. So I just like I'm obsessed with like making ingenues cool and just and actually not cool human. Like but I don't know. It got lost along the way. That's like no we just you have to be this like one thing. I don't know. Yeah. It it is a weird thing how it's so associated with a specific type of character. But yeah it's not really applicable anywhere else. No. I mean and it's also never for a man. It's no, never, it's ever not. Applicable. There's never a male character that's like so fallen in love with a woman that he starts acting like X. Yes. He's always strong and powerful. It's, well, yeah. I mean, look at Phantom. He falls in love with her and he so he kills people. Yeah. And she's the one who's like, okay, let me sort this out. But it's not called Christine's journey of sorting this shit out. Yeah. It's called Phantom of the F- Opera. Yeah. The f- 
the f- f- we opera. nearly got through the whole thing without you know, saying your I know, favorite word. I know, I know. It's so good. Sierra likes saying fuck. I hope that's what she does. <laughs> it's an adjective. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's just play Mad Libs with that word. Just and that's your answer for everything. It's the best. <laughs> um, I feel like that should be the name of the podcast. Sierra says fuck, but yeah, we'll, we'll behave. Um, okay, two more. So Sierra says pick another number. Two. Two is uh, we kind of spoke about this earlier, but making history. So kind of, and I put making history with Norm Lewis, man, can he sing? Should I pick another number? Yeah, maybe do another one. Okay, okay, maybe four. Four. Um, so you told this story last night about knowing your geography in London. So I wrote London Bridge versus Tower Bridge. Know the difference and you'll learn so much more. And yes. that moment and how, I guess there's so much more there than just what you see. Oh, yeah. So in life, you mean? I think in life, but also just when you're in that moment. So you obviously oh, reference yeah. the story about kind of looking out at yourself. Yes. There's always so much more there than you, I guess you expect. Yes. And so that's that's an exercise that I like, like to do. And that's one of my light lessons too that says fully present. And fully present is like another way to, if you know, people now say that so much, like just be present, be present. What does that actually mean? It means actively notice. So I'm going to actively notice. Like I, we've been in this, this room doing this podcast for whatever this time is. And we think that we know this place, but we, I haven't actively noticed like these things on the wall. I haven't actively noticed the micro or whatever it is. That's why I also think boredom is a choice. I'm anybody who's like, ah, oh, so boring. I'm like, that was a choice. That's your choice. I just don't, I don't believe in boredom. Um, it's it's like it's such a choice that's like well that's the interesting thing that you made because you can always be finding something interesting about anything like anything go the next show that you go to that you're like no I really need to get out of here just try it like notice the lights like notice the seat like how does it like anything yeah yeah definitely and last one yeah uh seven uh oh politics is important use your vote Oh, yes, especially it's great because we're doing this podcast. It'll come out a different day, but yeah. it's February 3rd. Um, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't say that because you want to say, OK, um, so today's February 3rd. And in America right now, it's major. It's the Iowa caucuses and it can really, really change things. So I'm like really excited to just see if the results and just see if people are getting out there and voting. And yes, it it, it does matter. It does matter. And I, I don't know why, but that's all I can say is that it matters. And I think somebody asked me the other day because we have this whole impeachment trial going on and somebody asked me this like and they were they were upset because it's like there's no point in this impeachment trial. There's no way that the good guys can win. There's just no way. And so why did they even bother when they knew they didn't have the numbers? And I said, because you got to stand for something. You've got to. And if you're not standing for something, you're standing for nothing or you're standing for the side that you're staying silent for for that reason Mm -hmm. and I can't and I don't want anybody to it's too important now yeah 100% amazing Um, Sierra like your voice this has been heavenly so thank you so much (laughs) thank you so so much we spoke about so many different things we did thank you so much for going deep with me and congratulations on the show last night (sighs) and in London thank you Um, fingers crossed we get you back into the West End very soon yes please I would come back here in a heartbeat well I think we'd love to have you back so Mm. just thank you so much and safe journeys back to America thank you You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at club11.london or via our official social channels. Hey. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.